0: Log Talk Radio. Come get you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Coming up on ninth Deconstructing Genoa City with Sean Prue. Did I do a 180 on the character of Maggie?
1: Hmm.
0: Imagine the odds, as well as my frustration with the character of Daisy coming back, and exactly why was I ranting about Kane and Catherine? All this and more on tonight's Deconstructing Genoa City. I'm Allison Bree from NBC's Community and AMC's Madness, and you're listening to Ballsworthy Radio. I never get tired of hearing that promo that she makes, ever. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the best ones I've ever heard. I love Nisa and Alison Bree Check her out on NBC's Community every Thursday night, as well as AMC's Mad Men. And the story behind that promo, well, we're going to find out next week on our anniversary. We will be playing some clips from that interview as well. Um, so that's the only teaser I'm going to be able to give you. But hey, everybody, how are you? Welcome to Buzzworthy Radio. It is Monday, October 25th, 2010. The time that you will be listening to this show will be at 10 p.m. Eastern. Of course, we're not recording it at 10 p.m. Eastern, but we are recording it. It's right now about 9.30 in the morning, and this is our first. Well, I can't really technically say it's our first ever uh, Deconstructing Genoa City episode because we've actually already had one done before uh, previously when Sean Prue was on the show. We actually had Sean Prue back on the show last week and we had done a Deconstructing Genoa City show technically then as well because The Young Arrested is pretty much one of the shows I love to talk about on Twitter all the time you know, because it's, it, it's always entertaining to put it out on Twitter about what you're watching on that damn show. It, it's it's very comical responsive that I put out there as well as what I'm probably watching as well as uh, what everybody else is watching as well because it's it, it's weird because this is the one show where it's like if we didn't have anything to talk about, with this show, what will we talk about on Twitter? And we probably wouldn't even be doing this show right now. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a safe bet. But joining us for our weekly Deconstructing General City, who I have to thank, by the way, because he's the one that actually came up with this idea, Mr. Sean Pru. How are you? Hello. What is going on, my friend? How are you?
1: Sunday to you. I'm really good. I'm really good. How are you?
0: It's it's, it's Monday. I, I don't know how else to feel except it's Monday. It's Monday morning. Well, it's better in
1: our lives than there are, than they are in Genoa City, I'm quite sure of that, after this past week that we've had, don't you think?
0: I think my life is a lot better than what's going down in Genoa City ever. Not just last week, but pretty much my entire life <laughs> I
1: say uh, don't you agree that the um, quality of winer has suddenly like gone up so much in the last couple of weeks with like Nikki and the drinking and the pairing of her with Sean Kanan and Maggie, and the amazing job that everyone did with that whole I was talking about this with friends on the weekend with that whole tornado episode It was just fantastic, like kudos to everyone. Involved When those shingles blew off the roof the way they did and they had that little CGI effect in there and it revealed Sharon and Adam huddling in the barn, I was blown away. I was blown away because yeah. you know that it just takes, they have a day to make one episode. And so the amount of work that went into that blew me away.
0: I have to admit I was completely flabbergasted and stunned at how the tornado episode came out because I was skeptical by it because of what we were previously seeing before, like the Out of the Ashes event that they did as well as the explosion at the general city athletic club i really thought there was going to be a lot to be desired but this actually was really good and i was really surprised by that and i i ended i ended up eating my words a little bit but with it you know i was i was actually impressed with what was was seen in those episodes between everybody not and not just with sharon and adam but also with um Tucker and Diane scenes, as well as the scenes between Kane, Blake, and and Lily, who I know that, you know, she's still a whiner, but...
1: Um, <laughs> she's still We're a whiner, but that right it, was that it was still a good scene. It was still a good scene. Well, I, I also have to say, I think a lot of people probably agreed with you, because when you read in advance that a storm is coming to Genoa City, immediately you start thinking about lights, going out and people stuck in elevators and it's such a tired thing like enemies trapped with enemies or potential romances sparking up but this was all so different and you mentioned Tucker and I have to tell you um, I I, I can't decide if he's ever going to be a character that I'm digging and I really like Stephen Nichols and I I, I like him so much more than that guy that they first cast as, as Tucker McCall I really like him a lot But I'm just like, grow some balls. You know what I mean? Because you're this really (laughs) powerful man, maybe not Victor Newman, but, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, you're Tucker McCall. Are you really going to take horse crap from Abby, like the mini Kim Kardashian of Genoa City when she stormed in? The mini Kim
0: Kardashian.
1: Wow. Give me me a break. Like, he'd be saying, turn around, brat, and Scam. Scram. Because ne- whether he cheated on, on her mother or not, he would never take this from, like, when he's supposed to be 19 or 20. He would take that from a teenager.
0: Well, wasn't he supposed to be, like, the substitute Victor Newman once Eric Braden was going through all those contract negotiations if he was not going to return, right?
1: I feel that was the case. I feel that's why he was sort of made up as as the new guy, but then Eric Braden did return to the show, and it sort of feels like he's been kind of, he's kind of like um, been pushed into the, the back of things and has no voice. And there were those scenes a little while ago when um, Murphy wouldn't let him near Catherine when she was in the hospital. And he took it. And I'm like, again, like, you're supposed to be some sort of force of nature businessman. You don't, you're, you're, you're supposed to be too arrogant to let people boss you around. So I'm having an issue with Tucker. I'm having an issue with Tucker this week, but there's still time to fix that, I think.
0: It's kind of like, for me, I'm, I'm watching Days of Our Lives all over again simply because he's uh, de deballed and all the men on Days of Our Lives had been deballed lately, so... Really? You know. I, I
1: don't watch that show, so I don't know, but it is it is painful. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, no yeah. on that fine, but... You're supposed to be powerful, it's a, it's an issue to watch.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh I, I have checked these out. I have not watched it lately because it's actually very shitty right now, but
1: yeah. <laughs> Although I think like, children is at the bottom of the ratings race, just to deviate from um from doing from the restless for a minute. That's crazy to me. Did you hear that?
0: I did see the ratings uh last week and I and sitting and going, like, why is all my children at the bottom? They should be at the bottom. And, and, no, I, I should not say that. And I, I'm trying to get off this should thing. And Damon Tickets is are listening, I'm sorry. But all my children should not be at the bottom. I, I, I don't think it needs to be at the bottom. It, it's Never actually gotten better.
1: None of this day and age when everyone's getting canceled. You don't want to stay as far from the bottom as you possibly can. Hello?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really scary to look at because I'm going, if it stays at the bottom how long will AMC get canned, Did the next show that gets canned, I don't want to think that, but after we lost two of them in a record speed of a matter of two years, I can't stop thinking about that. And, you know, One Night to Live is really, really good right now. I mean, it is so good. They're able to do so much quality work at half the price that, they use for general hospital. And general hospital is like nothing but crap.
1: Uh, I've been hearing good things uh, about One Life to Live. I've been hearing a lot of good things about that.
0: Oh my God. They were able to do something in a matter of five seconds to keep you entertained. And general hospital can do it in a matter of a year.
1: It's so strange to hear you say that because if you think about being an audience member, I think anyone listening to this would sit and they think that they watch their show or their shows and sometimes it's, it's done so well and sometimes it's done so poorly and you're like, how hard could it be? And I know nothing from nothing about making a soap opera, but sometimes I, mean, I think like, again, Silver Chipmunk and all that kind of stuff. Like, Who thought that was ever going to be a good idea on the young and the restless? Like all that crazy stuff. It goes down, and I think people sit around, and they're like, oh, God, this is a bunch of crap. It's two passions.
0: Oh, my God. I seriously am starting to get highly stoned again just by hearing Silver Chick Blunk all over again. (laughs) Uh, I mean, seriously, I mean, I don't understand how how they they could not have been straight up sober or whatever when they penned that storyline. They had to have smoke the good 420 in order to come up with that silver chipmunk story because there is no person in their right mind, unless you were James E. Riley on Passion, that could come up with such a heinous, heinous story. Yeah,
1: that's not I, what I, I don't want opera. I,
0: I never. I don't think I've ever used the the flip the switch button on my remote control so much <laughs> in a matter of an hour because I could not watch it. I could not watch it at all, and I'm going to tell you right now. And everybody knows already how I feel about this situation because if you were following me on Twitter when I first got it, I pretty much ran about this since day one, and you haven't followed me since then, so I'm going to tell you. When I heard that, that Screeching Hyena is coming back to the show next month, I went on the bitch fit. Who's Screechy Hyena?
1: Daisy. Oh, yeah, I saw your tweet about that okay, I'm sure she's a very nice person in real life, but that was a really good part, and I don't think that she did a really good job with it. There, it's been said. (laughs) Precast.
0: I'm going to say things right now that pretty much are not the best things to say in the world, but I'm entitled to my opinion. (laughs) Some people agree with it. Some don't, but here it uh is.
1: Again now, I
0: hated her with my full blown life.
1: Well, you're supposed to. Every time
0: I hear, every time I hear her voice, when I hear her say those words, "Mama Bear," I want to go through my television screen, through the HD screen, and slap the ugly off her. You have no idea how much that bothered me because that was just so annoying, and she tried so hard to act so tough. Around the edges and so rough when she held Jenna and Lauren hostage. I yeah. said, "Girl, you you are trying so hard; it's making me puke." Yvonne Zima, past- you are really not doing any justice for me. I seriously cannot stand your acting
1: at all. You may be a nice I- girl in
0: real life. You really may be a nice girl in real life, but I'm your sure acting she
1: is. sucks. I think she was hired because she she to me bore a resemblance to Kimberlyn Brown, who played Sheila Carter, um, who was her obviously her mother is. Sheila's kids who've come back to the show to haunt Lauren, but um, she just didn't have what it, it took. She was supposed to be like terrifying like mini Sheila and all that kind of stuff. and she just Terrifying?
0: I was, terri- I was terrified <laughs> if I got in front of her face, I would <laughs> run over my car. I mean, that's the only thing she terrified me with because she just got me that aggravated. I'm sorry, but I mean, I'm. this is really more so not just the character, but the actress as well. I mean, you were
1: I not know.
0: awful. You were god-awful, girl. I mean, what was your problem? And I know. I, know. I don't understand why Maria Bell thought that this actress popped. I said she popped all right. I was going to pop her upside her head. <laughs> I, I mean, I could not get past the, the fact of how they were able to make such an awful casting decision. This was terrible. Now, this well, is a when, better actress. I might have been saying something different, but this girl totally. was just god-awful
1: when you say Mama Bear, that's what I was talking about earlier when I'm like this kind of fantastical stuff that gets made up in a soap opera where you're like, Mama Bear? Like they're calling her Mama Bear? Really? Like some sort of code thing that's Mama Bear? That was ridiculous. But I want to ask you something else because this is something where when I talk to different people, they have a completely different like love-hate relationship with this character who's on the show and kind of stealing the show in my opinion now. What do you think of, of, of Maggie?
0: My do we have to go
1: there? Do we well, have to go, mean, go there? Oh, really? See, I'm loving. Do we have to go there? I'm, I'm loving. Okay, you go first. What do you think of Maggie? We have to go there.
0: She has to go. I mean, it's time for her to, go. to um, make her... Uh,
1: she has to go far, far away.
0: I mean, Star Wars <laughs> far, far away. I, she's got to get off my screen right now. I, 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 And everybody is telling me that, you know, she's one of these villains now that people are starting to like because now she's... Starting to be seen as the fact that she's she wants to be the next Mrs. Victor Newman. She wants to get in Victor's pants. I'm like, she just wants Victor's money. She doesn't want to get in his pants. He's too old for everybody everybody on that show right now. I mean, seriously, (laughs) why did Sharon? Why did Sharon Newman, Abbott Newman, whatever her last name is now, wanted a piece of that old man? I mean, I don't get it. I mean, what is it? That every woman in that town that wants a piece of the Newman clan. Not the, women fans, the contract, contract, all, all women
1: must want me.
0: Why is that? Why do they all want him all of a sudden? I, I don't understand it. I mean, isn't there any other young piece of meat that the chicks want in Genoa City? Not for you know, her. I mean, if I ever was on that show as a character, I I'd hope somebody would want a piece of me. But I, I would be offended if they wanted a piece of the old man Newman. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Wouldn't this cross are,
1: <laughs> are you bothered by her motives? Is that why you want her gone? Is it because of what uh, of the fact that she wants Victor? Is that why you don't like her? Because some people just don't. Like, Sean Young has a peculiar acting style with this part, and some people I know just, like, aren't digging it. And I have to say, when she first came on the show, and um, she was kind of, like, kooky that way, I was like, well, what has happened to Sean Young? Is she, I, I, I thought for the first couple of episodes that she was nervous or something like that or just sort of feeling her way through, but it kept going. And, and now, though, that she's full, full, full force into the storyline that she's got, I'm kind of digging, and I almost like think, Are you just playing, have you always intended to play it? Kind of a little, you know, one sandwich short of a picnic. Kind of person. I'm really loving Well, it. the thing I'm is, too,
0: is that when before it was very one dimensional, she wasn't a very three dimensional character at the time. Yeah. And now that we're starting to see why she's doing this kind of stuff with her character, what she's doing to Nikki and getting involved with DJ, why she's doing this stuff to Nikki, her motives behind it, she's starting to become more, uh, more of a close to a three-dimensional, I would say she's like two-and-a-half-dimensional right now. Uh, <laughs> two I, I, five, I, would, I would say a two-and-a-half-dimensional character right now, I would probably put it up at a three once we officially realize what is the backstory between Maggie and Murphy because I would like to know what was the deal with this. And well, hopefully, have that whole And hopefully and hopefully they don't disappoint me with what was the, what was the deal because if they I, do, I would I, be I, very upset.
1: Do you want to hear my um, my suspicion? Remember that conversation sure. that Catherine and Murphy had when Catherine was in the hospital about life support, and um, Catherine was like, "Pull the plug," and Murphy was like, "I could never do that," and he seemed to sort of have a real problem, but it wasn't explained as to why he had that problem. Um, and so then we saw the photo of Maggie and Murphy. And what appears to be um, maybe Murphy's son and Maggie married him from what we've learned so far, and so I'm wondering if he was on life support and Maggie pulled a plug or something horrible, and so that's obviously why Murphy's now got a bug up his butt about it and why he hates Maggie so much. I think that's what's going on. I think he, I think Maggie killed Murphy's son. Really, hmm, that's my thought. thought. That's my thought. It is. I love I like it. I love Murphy in the hospital, by the way, blinking in Morse code. (laughs) 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 Poor bugger. Poor bugger.
0: Oh, my goodness. I have to be honest. When Mickey was in Fenmore's with Maggie and (laughs) Bill and Lauren, Mm. and Maggie poured the liquor in the tea, Mm-hmm. And she drank it and everything and Jill and Nikki had that bit of a, a fat, which by the way I have to I I loved it. You know, the Jill nikki robbery was like the best thing ever I
1: totally on that loved show.
0: That. One of the one of the best things ever on that show. So I was happy to see them butting heads again. But I had to start chuckling because why is it that Jill was able to smell the liquor? Oh and my nikki god, it's
1: gonna be the same thing. <laughs> I don't
0: get it. I was like, wait a minute. Why is Jill able to sniff it out and and Nikki was not able to sniff it out? I mean, you were an alcoholic like twenty years ago on this show. You had a drinking problem twenty years ago on this show, and and, and you couldn't smell the liquor when you first got it in your drink. And Jill was able to point it out way before you were able to. I mean, I, I mean, someone tweeted at me saying that that was like utter denial. But
1: my, that, that's a good one. My my friends and I have a saying for Young and the Restless, and, and sometimes you can do it and pull it off, and sometimes you can't. Chipm- Silver Chipmunk is one where you just couldn't. But most of the times I can watch it and go, it's a soap opera, we believe, we believe, we believe, we believe. So those little things, to me, I can always sort of let go by because the scene itself was so amazing, and Nikki becoming a drunk is so amazing, and I think that... Melody Thomas Scott with the front burner storyline, like I'm smelling an Emmy for her. And uh, I I love the way um, with her, they're playing it out. There's a lot of sympathy for her. It's a very sad thing that she's falling off the wagon. But on the other hand, it's also like really juicy because of all of the sort of dirty deeds going on causing her to fall off the wagon, you know, Maggie conspiring with um, with, with, with Deacon, and at first we didn't know if Deacon was going to, you know, sort of like be, uh, spoil Maggie's plans or go along with him, and he's actually going along with them, and he's turning into like such a bag and it's so fun to watch. So I think this storyline is probably one of the better ones I've seen in a long time, and so little things like she can't smell the vodka I just sit there and I go, we believe, we believe, because
0: it's so good. <laughs> the one thing I will say about Deacon is the reason why I'm liking his part in the story is because he's sort of like how he was when he was on the Bowling Beautiful, when he first came on the scene, when he was trying to be with Bridget Forrester to get back at Brooke and, and, and Eric and you know, see him playing this part now opposite with Maggie and trying to get, you know, Victor's money, or some, some cut, some cut. You know, I, I'm pretty much sitting here going like, all right, this is the DK that I remember when he was on the Golden Buffle, or when Sean Keenan was on that show, and I'm sitting here going like, this is okay. They're bringing him back to his roots, so that's why I'm able to find his part in this story very believable. So that's the well, thing.
1: I'd, I don't watch that show. I, I, I've seen uh, uh, many times, and I know who he was on that show. And I was going to ask you if he was ever this sleaze baggish when when he was on that show. So the answer is yes. This isn't a new direction for him. We've seen him be like this before, right?
0: I, I'll give you an example of how sleazy he was on on Vehicle. When Jennifer
1: yeah,
0: when Jennifer Finnegan was in the part of Bridget. Uh, there was a scene where in the Forrester house, Eric Forrester, Broke Logan, and Rick Forrester were all in the living room, and they were trying to talk to him on the phone, and he had him on the speakerphone. And they were all trying to tell him that he needs to leave Bridget, you know, to get a divorce or whatnot, you know, trying to get him to get a divorce from Bridget. Of course, he was, like, saying no and all that other stuff, so Bridget comes into the bedroom but he leaves the he leaves the speaker phone on. On purpose. I love he leaves him. it on, on purpose and he lets them hear them make love in the bedroom. But he <laughs> he god, has god. them listen to them having sex in the bedroom. <laughs> <and> <laughs> oh my god. I remember watching that video, that person Dude is fucked up. Crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he is that bad. Well, he plays it really, really well. I, I absolutely love it, and I love him being back this way. When he, when he sort of got involved with Victoria and came back with Amber and that whole art storyline that I never really understood his connection to, I was kind of bored um, by him. But now, I, again, I really like it, and I think um, him and Melody Thomas Scott and, and Melody Thomas Scott said this too in an interview with the TV Guide that I just read. Um, Great chemistry. Like She's like, I don't know where this is coming from, but he and I have it, and she's loving it. She's loving it. She wants this storyline to go on for a year, which is so interesting to me, because when I'm on Twitter, I see all these people warning, like, the, die, Maggie, die. I want this over with. I want this over with. They hate her so much, but I don't think so. I well, think they are going a, a lot. I know a lot of
0: people like Mickey and Deegan. I, I, I've I seen that on Twitter. They they don't like Maggie, but they like Deegan. And, I think we're
1: supposed to feel you know, that way. I think we the like hero and, and hate the villain.
0: Well, I, I will be honest, I could see something with Deacon and Nicky. I, like, I would like to see something between Deacon and Nikki. to be honest with you. It would be interesting because, you know, he it'd be, it would be in the same pattern of what he did to Bridget on Bow and Beautiful. He used her, but yet yeah, he actually fell in love with Bridget love in her. the long run. Oh,
1: yeah, and I'd be really like... At the end of this, if they were together and she and Victor weren't, then, you know, she, she ends her life with some, like, hot younger man. She deserves it after all these years of Victor Newman leave.
0: So that's the, that's the sad thing, though, is that Victor and Nikki are pretty much a super couple. No matter how badly he treated her, you well, know, so everybody wants cover. them back together. And I'm like, well, he treated her like shit. Do you really want <laughs> Nikki and Victor back together?
1: But you see, she has the magic of playing it um, in a believable way. You know, she just she she's weak for it as a character. But I buy it when she's dishing it out year after year because I've been watching this show for 20 years. And in uh, a recent episode where she was pleading with Victor to get married because she just wanted to be married to him and all would be right in her world again. I mean, when you think about it, that's kind of pathetic. If you know someone in real life and they actually think that marrying someone that they've been married to 30 times already is going to change anything, it's pretty, like, unevolved. But she sort of makes it really, really believable and, and I guess that's the super couple aspect of them unlike a couple other people we could mention who are supposed to be a super couple but aren't all that super. to so uh,
0: elaborate? Um, as well.
1: <laughs> no, not because as well. you know what? I'll get nasty emails like I did before calling me a gay douchebag <laughs> so I don't want to elaborate anymore. You know if you're listening to this, who I'm talking about, whether you agree with me or not. There's a couple on the show that were being sort of like force-fed, and it doesn't work, and there's a threesome in the works. You can see a love triangle going on based on this tornado that we talked about, that touched down. There's new feelings for a third person. It's like, please don't do this to me all over again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very mysterious,
1: yet very clear, I feel.
0: You you don't like them, do you? <laughs> I um
1: I like her more than him. I don't like him. Period. I could imagine a thousand different people playing him, period. Better, period. It's true.
0: But you never liked him when he first came on, right?
1: Uh you know what I could I could handle them when they first came on because they were young. Um and, you know, I understand casting and and they're young and gorgeous, and, and, and you could get away with sort of like um, their newness and stuff. But now, like, they're kind of approaching kind of approaching middle age. They're not quite there yet, but, you know, they're adults, 30-somethings and something like that. i like, you can't get away with just your looks alone anymore. You've you got to pull it out of, of, of your butt somewhere because standing around like a tree all the time with your, like, two lines that you deliver – in the same cadence. Wash,
0: rinse, repeat, man. Just wash, rinse, repeat. I saw you say it,
1: said that the other day. Wash, rinse, and repeat. And, and I, I agree. I notice sometimes it's just the exact same lines. And let's face it, when he was with his other wife, she carried every scene he did, and he just stood there. It's Why Why bother?
0: I got to tell you, I have a funny story about that. Um, When I actually interviewed the other wife on the show, Uh we were talking about that, and, you know, because she was nominated for an Emmy Award uh, this year, she was talking about that and looking over the scenes to submit for uh, for her Emmy. And her and Maria Bell were looking at tapes. And it was pretty much the same thing over and over again about breaking up with him, and getting, getting back together, breaking up with him and getting back together. You know, that whole that whole thing, which was yep. like a redundant. And Maria Bell looked at it and went, oh, my God, we did this all, all these many times? Oh, my God, we can't keep on doing this.
1: Well, do they, they right. really forget that we're watching it every single day and it's the same crap, different day, really?
0: It's still the same crap, different day. It's like, I need to check on her. You do that. I need to make sure she's okay. You do that. Yeah. I'm like, dude, just record it on a videotape or something. Record it on a DVR or a DVD and just send it to the producers and just I'll let them him, yeah. play it over and over again because that's all you say every day. What well, are you going to do something new?
1: At least to, obviously we're talking about Michelle Stafford now, at least to her credit, um, when she was repeating herself time and time again, she acted like a person who was so tired of repeating herself. Do you know what I mean? She's very sarcastic or just, you know, had sort of had it, and yeah, you go do that. Yep, go do that. So predictable kind of attitude. So it worked. But uh, she has become a far more interesting character all over again now that she's out and about and running Restless Style and writing. She's like the new Perez Hilton of, uh, of Genoa City with her gossip blog. Anytime she's pissed off with someone, she just writes a blog post on them. I love her.
0: Thank God, because I seriously was like, this, this something's wrong with my Phyllis, because this is not Phyllis. Well, she was a I, I think somebody, was I think somebody like came in and just took over her body when she was with Nicholas. I'm like, where's my Phyllis Summers at? She's in well, the there.
1: Good the good news is that Diane's back in town. What more? West has been on the show for a good two weeks now, at least. What are you thinking about her at this point?
0: Oh my God, I'm sold. I love Are you her sold? Diane. <laughs> I'm sold. I love her too. I am sold. She so sold. Adds so much to that role of Diane, and nothing against my Alex Donnelly. nothing against my Susan Walters. I love them both, but Mara West. I, I, I you know, I've watched her for 15 years when As the World Turns, and you know, like I said before the last time we talked, I seriously felt that because she's been in the role of Carly Tenney for 15 years on another show that she's won two posthumous Emmys for. Mm. I would only see her as Carly Tenney. She came on to Y&R. Lo and behold, I I pretty much came out and said, I'm eating my words. You sold me, once you had that confrontation, with with Thomas, of, uh, as when you just called her a pill-popping, ex stripper <laughs> alcoholic mother. I, really love that line. I was I love like, that line. wow. I said you pretty much, you were able to just basically punch her in the face without actually having to punch her in the face by just delivering that one line. I mean, well, anybody I who totally can do that, that's awesome.
1: I totally agree with you, and I can't wait for because everyone right now is talking about um, Diane and how horrible she is and how she can't be trusted and all the things she's done in the past. But so far, she's only just really come back into town. So I can't wait for something to start. Where the scheming begins Like I know she slept with Tucker but whatever But you know she's pulled some pretty Big stunts Out of her butt before And I had to laugh earlier on In an episode when um, the storm was, was in town and so uh, Kyle was building a fire And he said yeah my mom has taught me How to make a fire In the fireplace And I guess she there. did
0: since she started A fire in her own place didn't she The Blame village Although oh, no, that We're was never so proven it's really good on the show. Fire. That was never proven on the show though. Remember, didn't we, as Remember an audience know?
1: didn't we as an audience know didn't that we? she set the fire?
0: We we as an audience knew, but like it was never said that she did it on the show either. Nobody ever confirmed or denied that she was the one who started the fire. So that's still one of those unsolved mysteries, I guess. But we we, we knew that she did it. We knew she did it.
1: Who so she's like kind it? of woman. And she drinks <laughs> four martinis in one evening and remains sober. I love a woman like that.
0: I said, Mickey, you got to take lessons because if she is not going to look tore from the floor up <laughs> the way you do after one drink, there
1: is something wrong. <laughs> You know who I'm glad to see back on the show a bit more? Vance Abrams. Eric Roberts. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think he's a really good addition to the show. In fact, I think he has what we were talking about earlier that for me is missing with Tucker. Um, He has an aura of power and sort of self-centeredness and is not really intimidated or taking a back seat whenever it's him against Eric Brayton. And I think that's kind of the qualities that I find missing with, you know, Big Shot Tucker. And I really like that he's back on the show. And you know what I read that was really interesting? Um, that, you know how he did Celebrity Rehab? I don't think it's aired yet. Did you hear that he went to Celebrity Rehab? I did, yeah. For marijuana addiction, apparently. And and he said, in a quote that I read, that he was getting his, he sort of like smoked it all his life. He was getting um, his line changes sent to him Late into the evenings, when he was memorizing his YNAr script and he was finding it hard to remember his lines because he was so high. So he decided to do it right and uh, and quit pot. So he went to rehab.
0: Oh my God,
1: <laughs> that's a dedication to the craft.
0: I think so. Uh, I mean, wow, that that's wow, you learn something new every day. I, <laughs> I, I mean, where do you go That's from nice that point, here? actually? It does surprise me. I, I never would have suspected that. You know, re, you realize now after you find out stuff like that, you want to just go up to the screen and look at their eyes and see how their eyes look.
1: Well, if I if to you hear to like, If you I hear, like, some
0: stars too. that do pot, like, all the time or they drink, like, all the time, you want to see if their eyes are bloodshot.
1: Is that how we're going to tell?
0: That's how some people can tell. if Their eyes look like raggedy.
1: But aren't they overly made up and all that sort of stuff, like um, Visine and those little blue drops? Like, Isn't that just sort of like taken care of? I don't know if I'd be able to tell if he was high on pot during the show. Maybe if it was pills and his eyes were all droopy and, and, and he barely moved. But I don't think pot I could tell.
0: I don't know. I mean, HD is a different thing now. I mean, I wonder if uh, I wonder if there'd be, it would be able to be seen in HD. I, I you know, and I, I never really paid attention because I never really thought about it. So now, like the next time he's back on, I'm, I have to record it on my DVR and go. hmm. All right, let's see how his, let's see how he looks right now. I gotta get up close and with a magnifying glass, maybe, and go like what.
1: Now are here? we loving Sky? Because I'm so loving Sky, and, and I read um, someone—I think it was Nelson Branco on TV Guide—said Sky's got to go, get rid of her now, Y&R. And I saw that and I gasped because I thought I so love Laura Stone and the way she sort of grabbed this part and made it all her own, and and the way she can do. Now I will stuff. admit,
0: I said that in the beginning. I said in the beginning, but uh, continuing process with the character. I I like. like her, and like I Love said before, her. I said she just. I said I like. I said she was skank, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I, mean, <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way at all. She's a skank, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I like Sky actually. You know, she just adds a little bit of flavor into. it. I actually thought in the beginning she wasn't a good actress, but.
1: Yeah, I, thought I don't know, man. You're I think the. To-
0: I really thought in the beginning she wasn't a good actress, but I think something changed about her in the midst of the whole story, especially when um, Adam was on trial. You know, something about Laura changed in, in her acting uh, style. And, you know, I love what she's doing now. And she has, like, this sultry kind of side to her, which I always find sexy in the chick. And I love that about her. So her scenes opposite, like Muni and, and Peter Bergman, are really, really good. So really I, I, I actually I, mean. I actually like her I actually like I her a lot. I enjoyed the elevator don't... scene this week. Did you see I that? want her on contract. I I have to admit I want her on contract. Yeah I She's not On contract now.
1: I totally did when, like when she me. got trapped in the elevator with with Victor this week, uh, I sort of thought as a sign that maybe the writers were having you know giving her a bit more confidence in terms of what they wanted to maybe do with the character because you know why bother having a scene with you know Victor Newman caught in an elevator. And then she sort of reveals her vulnerability because she's claustrophobic and she starts praying and stuff. I'm like, you don't do that with a short-term character that you're just going to write off. Like, we don't get to know them that well. And we certainly don't get to know them that well with a key character on the show, too. So I've got my fingers crossed that that actually means something. Because I think she really balances um, comedy really well. And the other thing I love that she does, too, is she calls Adam on his craft. Like when he came out of yeah. the tornado, and I was in the hospital uh, overnight, and the barn fell on me, and I saved face. And she's like, ugh. Yeah. She I love that too. I, I, have to, I love that too. Yeah, she doesn't. And she when she finally said, I, I still remember when she said, oh, give it up. You can see better than you pretend. I was like, oh, thank God. Because I find with Adam, sometimes he's like the convenient blind man. Sometimes. He can't really make out what he sees. And other times, he's fine. He he just acts like he has full vision, and that's always driven me nuts. So the fact that she calls him on it finally after all that time of watching that back and forth, is he blind, is he not blind kind of stuff going on, I was like, oh, God, thank you. I love Sky.
0: She speaks what we're thinking in our heads because I'm looking at the TV screen, especially that Friday when the tornado started. And he sees Sharon in crimson light, and how the vision is looking like it's like, oh, so he's partially blind today, but he can still. Today we're
1: blind, yeah, but I won't be blind in the barn later on when I have to throw myself on the baby. <laughs> Perfect vision. Yeah, I'm I like, how are you off. able? T- uh, it's,
0: it's a soap. We have to believe. Now. Remember, it's like that. It's like that thing you just said. We have to believe. That's all it
1: is. We have to
0: believe. Believe, we believe, 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 believe. I, I will believe think, that I think...
1: To- guy is almost overshadowing Adam. When they have a scene together these days, I'm kind of more interested in her than I am with him. And I I think it's because right now it feels like you're doing this sort of transition with Adam because they really painted him into a corner. He's kind of like the O.J. of, of Genoa City. We know he killed Richard Hightower. We know all the horrible, heinous crimes he committed against his own family but they're trying to set up a love triangle between him and Sharon and Nick. So they've got to redeem him somehow. And so these kind of like, you know, where he's sort of feeling sorry for himself because his family doesn't love him and he's going to get them all back and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, do you not remember all the things you just did to everyone? No wonder they don't love you. Stop your sulking. So I I, I sort of am over him a little bit. So I think when Sky's on with him... I might not just go right to her. I'm more interested in what she's doing. I love that she's sleeping with Jack. I love that scene where she got caught in an elevator with, with Victor. I love finding out more about her. Adam, not so much.
0: <clears throat> I kind of thought that it's very weird that he's never admitted to any of his crimes at all on the show, even though we all know that he did all this stuff. And he still got all those scot-free, yet we oh, still, still want... But Sharon was still going to ride
1: home in her car.
0: Sharon was still going to ride home in the car, <laughs> and fans want Sharon and Adam <laughs> together. I, I don't... I'm like, why is this, why does everybody want this all all of a sudden, and it's so wrong? I don't understand it, but I... <laughs> I'm giving up trying to understand it i have given up trying to understand why We want Sharon and Adam together So let's move on <laughs> Let's move on to the The couple of the The couple of the hour that everybody knows That we're not a huge fan of uh, Because who? We're not a huge A huge fan of this couple Yet we like one part of the couple We like Kane but we don't like Lane
1: Oh okay yeah, yeah 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 because there's a couple that fit that description. Um, yeah, I just we, we talked about this. I'd love to see him with someone else. And um, I do think though that his storyline right now is making Daniel Goddard the best I've ever seen him. And in that tornado, when we found out that he you know used to be a criminal in Australia and uh, is therefore lying to his family and keeping all these sort of secrets that they wouldn't approve of. So we're like, ooh, you're not so great after all. But then, two scenes later, he's total Superman and he's pulling JT out of the um, of the, the car and sort of saving his life. I love all that sort of intersection between hero and villain because I think that's when you've really got a good character, and it's fun to watch that happening now because, as I said to Daniel Goddard when he was in Toronto, you were a pussy whips <laughs> during that cancer <January laughs> storyline. <laughs> I said
0: I was looking at those, and they pulled JT out of the car like profusely, and he was having the, the fights with with Blake, played by Paul Layden, who he absolutely has really good rapport with. I know they worked together before in an episode of Beastmaster, and I said, "Man, you you're pretty much like acting like a Beastmaster in these scenes." I was like, "Dar, what happened here?" Uh, it, you know, there were there were really there were really good scenes that he had with with Paul on, on the show, especially when they were down in the the seller the um, during the tornado and everything. He really has really good chemistry with, with him on the show and watching his scenes with, with Crystal. And like I said, I, I, I'm not a huge lane fan, but I have to admit they, it was a good scene. that he Here, are the Here I, it's going to come, but they already all know how I feel about it and they can't change my opinion about it. And I said that the scene that he had with with Crystal Monday was really good. When he got back to the when he got back to the house, and she was cleaning off his wound after he got hit with a wrench,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: I was just watching him, and he had this technique. He had this style of what he was doing in the scene that really made me look and go, "Whoa, wait a minute! You know, he really looks like he is really hurt by the fact that he's lying to his wife about what is going on about the cattle rustling thing." And and he's, like, playing it off where it looks like he's really wanting to break down and cry, right, in her yeah. arms.
1: Yeah, he I, I, yeah, I think, you know how you can, can mm-hmm. give some people, like, a ton of stuff to do in any kind of life situation, and they grab it all, and they do an amazing job with it? I think he's one of those people, and they've given him a ton of stuff to do, and he's just going to milk it. He's just milking it. And it's good to see. I do hope that it, it sort of falls apart for those two characters. <laughs> so here go in the comments, and I do hope he moves on with, with someone else. I don't know who, Sky, maybe?
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I see now I'm now starting to think You're about the comments. Here, just, oh, I just started thinking about and skies and you just, and then I lost my train of thought, because I was about to say something, I was like, oh, wait. I never yeah. put those together. Like, wait a minute, this could work. Uh but yes, I will be receiving Twitter comments after this. this aired probably, but you know like I said, they know how I feel about it. I'm I never shy away by how I feel about Lane. I never have, I never will. You know, I have nothing against Crystal, but again, I I'm, I'm just like your, What your, your relationship is my, boring. Your relationship my... is boring and I have comments that I see on Twitter that's not directed at me, but I see in general um, in the Y&R feed where they said that they just they want Kane and Lily to be happy. They they're not liking what Kane is doing right now. I'm like, are you serious? Please tell me you're joking. Oh, really? This has gotta I be a this has gotta be a joke post because seriously, um, if they're just happy all the time, I'm sorry, but that's well, boring. Well,
1: work? I think when she had cancer and he stood by her 100. percent I think for a lot of viewers, that's just so appealing because who doesn't want a partner who will stand by you 100%. So I think a lot of people fell in love with the concept of them being those two okay. types of people where they were, you know, had each other's back no matter what. So I think from that, there's this kind of residual um, fingers crossed that they they work out. But I I I don't see it, and I think part of the problem for me too. Is the Winters family In general Right now as a once upon a time Key family on that show Is such a mess So Lily doesn't even feel like She's necessarily To me um, An integral part of the show Does that make sense?
0: Yeah It it seems that The only way that the Winters family Will be seen is Whenever Kane and Lily are around Kind of a thing to me yeah, there's, know,
1: no, there's no with,
0: backbone after that. There's no substance to the family anymore. There's no substance to the family anymore. There's no substance to the family anymore. They had, like you said, once upon a time, they actually had their own storyline that they were driving. I mean, they were driving on their own. Oh, and completely. why is it that... Why is it like it's taking like an outside source in order for them to be seen and whatnot? I'm like they were able to drive stores from their own family within. Like why do we have to have outside help now in order for them to be seen? And they're not even driving a story. Hell, they don't even have a story. I see At more bright, Chris. I I see more bright and Christoph in the in the bumpers for and R than I, <laughs> I do on the that. show. Was
1: very funny of you to say that. Very very funny because it's true. Well, and when Neil was on the other day, he had a scene with Ashley where he was disapproving of her relationship with Tucker. And I thought to myself, I think that's really all you do now. You come on, and you disapprove of Tucker. Um, you disapprove of um, your son's career choice to follow music. You disapprove of this person. You disapprove of that person. All you do is you come in, and you're kind of like curmudgeon You disapprove of Malcolm. You disapprove of Sophia. It's boring. And whatever happened to Malcolm and Sophia? They haven't been on in weeks. In weeks. Hmm. And that I want to away.
0: I want to like her. I really do. And I just can't get into her.
1: To like maybe her. that's just that's me, phenomenal. but
0: I don't know. I, I'm I'm like trying. I'm really trying to like her, but it's just It's 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 very difficult. It it is difficult to like her
1: at this point. Are you thinking uh, too much I, of, of the winters and not buying maybe this kind of pseudo substitute for her? Because a lot of people think that, you know, the seisty new member of the Winter's family is supposed to... I kind
0: of thought that that's what they were wanting to do with this character, that they want to encourage Rosilla to substitute. But even me, I I don't even see that in her anymore. I mean, I thought that when she was coming in, but I never saw her as a Rosilla substitute, even in the scenes that she's doing now. I'm like, "Mm, it's it's just, I think she's trying, I think they're having her try too hard. I don't blame the average. I think it's the writing. It's the writing for her. It's not up to par to where I think it should be for her.
1: Well, but, fighting with Neal is so it's not, it's not.
0: It's not for the Winters family at all. So it's not just her. It's the whole family. So, you know, I can't really say that it's just her that I'm having a problem with. I'm having a problem with the whole Winter family. Um, like I said, I, I like Kane. I like the storyline that's happening right now. I'm very interested to find out why, how this storyline is evolving, Catherine. Because if you remember, at the end of the episode last week, he was like saying, "Forgive me, Catherine, for what I'm about to do." And I'm like, "What is Catherine?" About oh, to do? yeah, he
1: did say that, didn't he? I don't know. <laughs> is he going to embezzle like five million dollars from the the company? That's what I think. Because he's you know an uppity up at the company now, right? So he might be able to access that kind of thing, and embezzle. That's what I thought he was going to do. I love that tortured part of him. Like I really love this this stuff that they're giving him to do. Really, really complicated people.
0: It was funny. I was talking to Jillian Bowe who is, is my girl from Data Unconfidential. Uh, we were on Twitter, and she got caught up a webinar over the weekend, and I already saw the episode. And there was a there was a post that she made where Kay had had told Kane about how. Cain had worked himself up to, you know, be forgiven by everybody for what he did once his identity was revealed and all that. I was like, bitch, please. You've forgiven everybody less than two weeks. I said, what? That is the most farce thing I've ever heard. I said, Cain was... Kane did not even work himself up to be forgiven by all of you freaks. He was forgiven in two feet flat. I, I I sat there and watched. I said, it didn't even take them any time in order for them to forgive him. As soon as Lily was diagnosed with cancer, everybody fell into his good graces again except for Billy Abbott. The only person who didn't like him still was Billy Abbott. And everybody else fell to his feet. I was like, this didn't even last a month. And they all, all, all of a sudden, like, love him all of a sudden. Jill is, like, claiming that, th- 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 like, the son that she's never had. I'm like, what about Billy Abbott? Your flesh and blood. You didn't <laughs> give birth to the offbeat. So I'm like, crazy. wait a minute
1: here. You know what I I'm like, how
0: thing. in the world does that lie make it to air? Because that hasn't been I, I caught that as soon as she said it. I went straight to the Twitter. I said, um, excuse me? You know that line wrong. I, I said Maria Bell. I don't know what pipe you were smoking from, but that seriously is not true. <laughs> he didn't you know do anything to garner their trust again. The only thing he garnered was being by Lily's side during the cancer. That was it, and that's how you regain trust. Oh, shit, I, I, should, I, should, I have cancer. I said shit. Let me get cancer right now and see what happens to, about about somebody that you all hated that I like. And he he or she is by my side, and all of a sudden they're going to be forgiven this person. I'm like shit. load me up the phone. <laughs> that was I I uh, oh my god, that was the worst thing I had to hear. I I when I heard that on the screen, I said oh for the love of hell.
1: This ladies and gentlemen that you're listening to right now is a rant that <laughs> you just heard. I love that we're so invested in a soap opera that we as two grown men sit here (laughs) and dissect it. And not only that, but get as passionate as you just got about one small aspect of the show. It's like it's life or death that these are the international uh, uh, news headlines du jour instead of just a soap opera. I think it's just hilarious, and it speaks to the power of the soap opera. People get worked up. It's like when I got called a gay douche on my blog because I uh, dared to say what I said about a couple people on the show. People get worked up. There's this emotional investment because they're in our homes every single day, and it's really freaky, and I love it.
0: I got threats because I went against Cain and Lily. I got threats. I was like. I got threats. I got threats, too that I, about um, me going against Kane and Lily and and I, there was this one chick that actually threatened my life that, because I spoke up <laughs> I spoke up against him. I you said your here. life?
1: Oh well I, didn't yeah. so bad after all.
0: I was like, wait a minute here. What wait. <laughs> 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 I don't like a couple on a television show and you're threatening my life. Wait a minute here. Um <laughs>
1: What do they do? Do they send you a dead
0: budgie? <laughs> she probably has like a voodoo doll in her house, like right now, and just like, sticking <laughs> pins with me. Because like, I just Kate, doll. And, yeah, and they're like sticking the pins in it just because I don't like Cain and Lily, and I said that maybe Cain and Phyllis keep together, and she just basically went to bat. I was like. I'm like, girl, wait a minute. Back to Chuck up, man. I'm just like, you know, I'm just expressing my opinion. I I didn't realize you were that passionate about it so much that you were going to, like, want to kill me or some shit. Uh, Maybe (laughs) as
1: we do this segment and as it evolves, that could be some of the merchandising um, that we could even offer for sale. We could do voodoo dolls of ourselves and buy them when they disagree and want us dead because we've said things that offend them deeply. And they just go buy a voodoo doll and go to work. Death
0: there it is. Gone. is. <laughs> there it is. I'd be I'd be a little scared about that, but it could happen, I guess. I, I don't know, but oh Jesus Christ! <laughs>
1: Look at the from Where did the hour go? Uh,
0: you know, uh, you know, you get so invested in talking about the love that you love so much, you don't know where the time goes. I mean, seriously, I mean that one line wound up making a, a, a rant like the best part of the program. I don't even know who's the best up. part of the program. I just, like, had, I just basically was, like, that, that There's line There's a war in uh, Iraq.
1: People are dying. There was an earthquake in Haiti. There's so many more, quote-unquote, important things, but you should have heard yourself just now. I did. <laughs> Nothing else I mattered. did, and I was like, "What does
0: that say?" I mean, seriously, I like, just basically, just would call. I just basically did a bitch fit about that one line on a television show, a scripted television show, mind you. And it went on
1: for five whereas... minutes. <laughs> you kept time. It was a uh, monologue. Oh my god! Yeah. This is the power of the What show if I did, did that at the, the beginning of the
0: show? Like, what if I just broke out in a bitch rant at the beginning of the show like, five minutes? I mean, seriously, what, would that, what, what would think that we say? do a fair
1: job? I think we talk about the things that we love and the things that we hate, and I think that's just normal. I don't think it's skewed in any way. No. I think we're fair. Whether no, people agree or not, I think it's fair.
0: I guess people talking if they don't agree. I mean, like I said, the emails will come. will come after they hear
1: the Kane and Lily
0: debate. I mean, it always does. I've never seen more fans for this couple come out in droves and just basically tweet me or email me about their hate about us hating this couple. Oh, I don't know. Like, I think
1: it's because women are in love with Daniel Goddard. I think it has to only be for that reason. They think he's the ideal husband, and they they think that he would stay with Lily forever. So therefore, he should. Here come the comments. He's a
0: pervert. <laughs> do they want a pervert for a husband? I'm just saying, do they want a I pervert? I a wouldn't husband? mind. I know you wouldn't mind, but <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there, like, homie is like a pervert in a handbasket. Do they want a pervert? I'm like, well, I guess so. You know, I
1: don't think Lily
0: he, would know he, what to do with a pervert, unfortunately. No, probably not. Phyllis would.
1: Totally <laughs> what I've seen the dumpster sex scene five times. She would know what to do with a pervert.
0: Oh yes, absolutely.
1: She, she probably would be turned to on these days.
0: Yeah, why isn't there more scenes of dumpsters and sex? <laughs> and dumpster sex. I mean, really?
1: The only other dumpster scenes I've seen on One and is that one dumpster behind Jimmy's, where if you live in Genoa City and you have to hide evidence, that's where you put it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? I know <never>, right?
1: uh, <laughs> that's true. I that I didn't think about that, but that's true.
0: Yeah. And Sharon
1: Sharon took her baby, um, Faith, for a walk and she had Nick's blood stained tuxedo jacket or whatever that she and Phyllis had decided to throw out. And so she took her baby, Mother of the Year award goes to Sharon, through this nasty ass alleyway behind a dive bar on the outskirts of Genoa City and she put it in that dumpster, and that's where anything goes if you ever have evidence.
0: Into that dumpster. Mm. Into the dumpster. That's
1: funny. (laughs) It's like when she
0: thought she killed Cameron Pearson, but whatever. (laughs) Let's not relive that. Let's not relive that moment. But uh, this was fun, man. I love it. I can't wait to do this
1: show. Not next week,
0: but the following week, because next week's anniversary week, so...
1: Yeah, happy anniversary, art. three years, my God, you've been doing it.
0: I know, man, thank you very much, this is crazy, I can't believe it. Yeah, that. happy
1: anniversary, well, and you know what, I people won't know this if they're listening, but I I, I asked you on um, Twitter um, why you did this, and, and you said it was just for the love of it, and uh, I think that's just terrific that you do that, that's the best kind of reason you can have to do something. And again, it speaks so highly mean, to those soap operas and how passionate we are. So happy third anniversary next week. And I guess we'll talk to Thank you, you, you someday.
0: Yes, we will. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. All right,
1: it. man. Have a great week.
0: You too. Hey, this is Daniel Goddard, Kane from Young and the Restless, and you are listening to The King of the Pervs, the perv of all pervs, his perviness, Nevelle, on Buzzworthy Radio. Can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows, and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy.